Beat on Audio, the podcast for writers and all who are interested in books, literature and the printed word. Write on Audio has moved to a weekly format, splitting our content into shorter themed podcasts. Please be sure to subscribe in your favourite podcast app so you don't miss any of our editions. This is a Write on Audio showcase. Thank you for joining us for the final Write On Audio podcast of 2022. We end the year with a selection of pieces featured in the online Write On Wednesday showcase during December. The unbelievable task of making this difficult selection has been undertaken by Julie Dexter. Julie is a writer and specialist teacher from London and Kent, and she's recently had a poetry pamphlet published with Arts Council funding through attending workshops with Pen to Print. This is her first Write On Audio showcase. Here's Julie to introduce our selection. Hello, I'm Julie, and I'm delighted to present to you some of the pieces which have appeared in the Write On online Wednesday showcase during December. Today, I am choosing diverse styles as we move from one year into our next new year. This first piece is a poem by our own pen-to-print writer and editor, Claire Buss. Further information about Claire's books can be found on her website at clairebuss.co.uk. Here is her wonderful wintry poem entitled Snow. The frozen flakes of water drift down from the sky and awaken a childlike wonder, a thrill that won't subside. That cold tickle on the tip of your nose, the quiet magic of nature laying her blanket upon the ground. Oohs and ahs and jubilant exclamations. It's snowing, it's snowing, it's snowing. Silent and still and unyielding in its fall. Magic, but fleetingly so, as those precious flakes must fight. Fight to settle, fight to stay, fight to not be washed away. Kids sled and build and throw and scream and fight, and the white powder disappears, leaving slush and mush and grey. We remember fondly that snow, that day of wonderment, until the next flake begins its dance to earth. The next piece I have chosen is an excerpt from a longer piece of prose featuring a family recipe for sherry trifle, written by the humorous writer Claire Cooper. Claire's description of her mother's sherry trifle recipe is heartwarming and mouth-watering. For this hearty, festive sharing menu, you take a packet of trifle sponges, fresh cream, anything will do. You could try creme fraiche if you want to be really fancy. Fresh custard. These days, most supermarkets do a perfectly acceptable fresh version, often made with proper vanilla too. There's posh. Lots of lovely raspberries, fresh or frozen. Raspberry jam for the sponges slash plain cake. You might wonder about adding a jelly layer. 
If you really must have it, you could vary the colours and flavours and go all out wacky and retro with a lime flavour. My mum liked to toast her own almonds for the topping. Next, find a large glass bowl. Line the bowl with the sponges or plain cake, all of which must be cut in half and spread with raspberry jam. Tinker with other flavours at your peril. Then, add your layer of raspberries. Now, douse the whole lot with as much sherry as you think you can get away with, bearing in mind any innocent children around, ensuring there's plenty left in the bottle. Chef's perk. Next comes the custard. If you're making your own, aren't you good? Allow it to cool completely before this stage. If using a supermarket fresh product, it will already be cold, so just dollop it on making sure to cover all the sponges in a nice, hearty, thick layer. After this, the cream. Again, don't be miserly with this layer. Slather it on. Park the diet. We know the new year is coming, but it's not quite here yet. You can chomp on salad then. Place your luscious, beautiful, highly calorific bowls in the newly cleared fridge and allow them to chill for however long you need them to. This will also give the flavours a chance to meld and develop and form lifelong friendships. Assign the washing up to someone else, then disappear into a dark, quiet corner to finish off that bottle of sherry. You deserve it. Cheers. Thank you, Claire. That was lovely. Claire's blog can be accessed at claire.cooper.com at wordpress.com This third piece of prose I have selected is by new author Joe Renton and I have chosen it for its contrastive language and breadth of location spanning the north then south of England across to Germany and back again. Told in few words I found its richly evocative sense of place makes us feel that we can be at home anywhere. Home by Joe Renton. When I was thirteen, home was one room, with no lampshade round the single bulb hanging from the ceiling, and water for washing in a jug in the corner. A room reached by climbing six flights of bare wooden stairs, with a tall Victorian window looking out onto a neglected garden. Then it was a little London house, with an old lady living at the top that became home. Later still, I lodged term time in one rather small room in student hall, modern, pleasant and comfortable. A poster I had bought of Guernica by Picasso. A poster I had bought of Guernica by Picasso was stuck on the wall over my bed. Bathrooms and kitchens along the corridors and meals in dining hall I suppose it was a sort of home from home. A single room in Leeds was then my home for a time. With my first pay packet, I bought myself a dusky pink candlewick bedspread. The room did not then look quite so plain. A summertime room in Germany, with swallows flying in the red-tiled eaves. I washed, I dusted, I poured out tea from huge pots at tea time. I fell in love there, at the university ball. 
in a flat high under the roof, the whole family came to sew and decorate and clean. It was our first married home. We had brought new furniture and a framed copy of Turner's Fighting Temeraire for the wall. I had lost Guernica. Our first child, Madeline, was born there too. And then a decade later, a big house in another part of town, elegantly spacious with a marble staircase and wrought iron banisters both up and down. It was not a place of safety, and the tiled floors were cold. We had been happier in our house along the road. Home these days is sufficiently near the centre of a coastal town that I can walk down the high street every morning to buy my newspaper. The evenings as well as the mornings are getting darker now and tins of chocolates are already appearing in the shops. Very soon now the celebrations to welcome in the new year 2023 will begin. The next piece is called Stardust and is written by Chris Plato. Nice Christmas, Mrs Wilson. Lovely, thanks. I see your girls had a nice time, judging by all the glitter in the street. Don't. They got all dressed up, put that sparkly makeup stuff on, everywhere. Not just in the street, it's all over the house. Nightmare. Chantelle, five, Feisty and Faye overheard the grown-ups talking. Talking nonsense. Glitter. Hadn't she seen the fairy with her own eyes Christmas Eve, gliding on gossamer wings, sprinkling stardust? Her jeweled slippered feet not touching the ground. Glitter indeed. Stupid grown-ups. I think many of us who have travelled on London tubes or trains late at night will be able to empathise with George F. Brown's story. It is called Last Train Home. I selected this piece of prose because I like the way the narrator is inhabiting his thoughts being inside the train whilst he closely watches the events in the train unfold until he too must move forwards on into the new year. The Last Train Home by George F. Brown A train never feels narrower than at midnight on New Year's Eve. As you leave the cold air and the old year behind and become engulfed in the sweaty, boozy atmosphere, crammed into the tight space between the adjoining carriages, unable to move without brushing a stranger. Songs are in full swing as revellers happily jostle together, arms flung around one another. History flashes before me as I imagine myself embarking on a voyage, escaping my home country and its lack of resources, and joining my compatriots on a journey into the unknown in the hope of a better life. The pilgrims didn't have to deal with football chants. It's my second and less poignant thought. Gradually, the conveyor belt of partygoers clicks back into life, and I'm woken from my reverie to find myself walking out of the train taking the escalator upwards and exiting into the new year, 2023.
I'd like to close this Write On audio showcase with a thought on dreams and writing. What the writer Brian Aldiss, who passed on in 2017, has to say about dreams is relevant and poignant, not only to us as writers, but also to facing the new year ahead of us. Brian says that his work almost always started from dreaming. He said that he would wake up with his conscious mind functioning and yet somehow be still in touch with the subconscious processes. He explained that where the two met was where there is fertile ground for creation. If you can hold that and put it on paper, it's likely to be more truthful than something constructed purely cerebrally. I like this very much, this idea of the meeting of two consciousnesses and creating truthful work. Now we will begin to formulate our wishes, dreams and resolutions with hope that they will be fulfilled during the new year that is ahead of us. Whatever you wish for or dream of, I hope that 2023 will bring new creative projects that will be fresh, exciting and truthful. Thank you so much for listening and I wish you a very, very happy new year. Thank you to Julie Dexter for selecting and introducing the pieces in this month's showcase. We'll have details of all the featured pieces in the show notes for this podcast. The readers were Sally Walker-Taylor, Chris Gregory, and for Stardust, Chris Plato and Friends. Thank you to everyone who's contributed to Write on Audio in 2022. We wish you a happy new year and we look forward to welcoming you to another year of Write On in January 2023. We're always delighted to read your contributions. So if you'd like to see your words in Write On or hear them on this podcast, please get in touch. We'll share this link and all others mentioned in today's podcast as part of our show notes. I've been Tiffany Clare and you've been listening to Write On Audio. Write on Audio is produced by Chris Gregory and it's an alternative stories production for pen to print. 